0: Hey music nerds, you're listening to another episode of the Niagara Moon Podcast. I'm Thomas, the host, and this week is going to be a little different than what you might have gotten used to since uh, Dan is out for the week. I had nobody to talk about albums with, uh, so... What's going on instead is I'm sharing with you a piece of content that uh, was originally available in my Fuzzy Thinking album experience that I uh, offered online for free to uh, all of my mailing list people. So if you were on my mailing list, this is uh, maybe something you encountered already, but um, occasionally I like to do detailed breakdowns of how I made my songs. This is, this is me really talking shop for, for a while and you uh, get a deep dive into everything that went into uh, constructing this music. And I hope you find that interesting. If not, well, next week we're talking about Cat Stevens' Tea for the Tillerman. So you got that to look forward to. Otherwise, uh, listen to the me of uh, many months ago talking about our song, Running in a Dream. So I'm going to tell you everything about that went into making this song, you know, kind of like from a conceptual standpoint, and also just the nitty gritty track by track how I made all these sounds that are in here, and just put everything together, you know, where where the song came from and what it's made of, pretty much. And I'm kind of excited because this is the uh, first song I've gotten to do a podcast for that's not really old. Uh, if you look online, I, I've, I've done some others for pretty much just all songs on our Eating Peaches album, which some of those songs I was working on five or six years ago. So yeah. Anyway, this is going to be cool. Um, we're going to start with the songwriting process. And my songwriting process has definitely evolved and changed over the years. And kind of what's cool about this whole album, Fuzzy Thinking, is I got my process creative process pretty uniform by this point like i just i had a step a step b step c kind of course that i would take to develop songs partially just because i was finding out more and more what worked best and what suited my kind of you know trends and and tropes and then also you just you get a little older you get a little more responsibility you're balancing this and that and i just didn't have time to uh Didn't have time to waste, so I really would make use of of every moment I had to be creative. So to set the scene, all of these songs were written in this really cool studio space in a a building that used to be a bunch of factories, and now it's converted into like artist spaces. One of the spaces is uh, where my friend and uh, production engineer, mixing engineer, Grant Wicks, It's where he has his studio uncanny audio and grant mixes all my songs and he's a very important part of the team and uh i get to you know for pretty low fee each month i get to go in uh to his studio space in the off hours you know later at night when nobody else is there and uh, that was kind of my my songwriting haven and where i could sing loudly and not worry about keeping anybody up or you know just any disturbances it was it's always good to get out of the house <laughs> when you're uh carrying on a home studio and and recording everything. so it was I just had this little sanctuary, and I would try to go definitely once a week if I could. it would be great to fit in twice a week, but you know, back to that part about me being busy and whatnot anyway, so I went to this studio space uh building is called Eastworks just very uh cool old vibe you know it's it's an old uh I guess mill building basically you really feel like you're uh, experiencing some some old new england history and the space is cool it's got an upright piano uh there are some microphones I can borrow in there there's a quirky little like organ keyboard station I don't know how old it is, maybe from the 70s or 80s. It's, it's pretty funky. It's got some weird sounds. And um, what I kind of do is I go in there and I'll alternate between that funky little keyboard and the upright piano. And uh, that's where kind of stuff happens. That's where I just start playing and trying to sing along to what I'm playing and not really analyzing or thinking about what I'm doing too much and just see where it takes me. And that's pretty much how you get all the all the tunes on the album. But this one, Running in a Dream, I think was one of the last chronologically that, uh, that I finished. And I pretty much wrote all of it in one, yeah, I could say one sitting. It wasn't like with other songs, sometimes I wrote a part of it like a year ago And I didn't find any place for it then, but I kind of shoehorned it in later with another part that I developed more recently. This this was not uh, piecemeal. This was kind of one creative focus, like start to finish. I knew I wanted a really big song. So like Pantheon Bar just has kind of an epic orchestral feel and a very busy, um, kind of almost overwhelming arrangement. And I wanted to try to do that again. And uh, so things just all kind of fell into place. I'm sitting there at the, you know, little funky vintage organ. I'm playing a very kind of cheap, quirky organ sound. I just start playing the chords that go like... Now, this sound isn't the organ. Itself, This was a, uh, a software instrument, like, it was called Toy Piano, and I kind of fiddled with it uh, after I found the preset and made it sound more uh, synthesizer-y and, you know, added some other effects like chorus to it. Um, it just had this psychedelic quality, kind of a, like a children's TV show quality maybe a little bit. Um, it just was begging to have a, a melody put over it, it was wonderfully kind of like fake classical or baroque, you know, kind of leaning in that direction. And I was like, okay, something's going on here. And uh, you know, the whole vocal melody and running in a dream, you know, that all came together quite quickly. Just I was I was really able to kind of conjure up this dreamy feel in a song that was kind of going at its own quirky, uh, you know, slightly unpredictable pace. I I had a I didn't really have a ton of words yet, but I, I had the basic imagery there and I I had what I like to think of as, you know, a song core. Everything kind of builds off of here. This this is like steering the ship. So I had this pretty complex but still memorable chord progression and and melody, you know, some of the words here and there, but I, I just basically had this you know, what ended up being the full chorus. And I was like, great. And that same evening, I was probably working on one or two other songs, finishing lyrics for one that I'd started earlier, messing around with some chord progression ideas. I don't do one song at a time, start to finish. That's really not my style anymore. I like to kind of have three or four things going on and sort of toggle between them when I when I get stuck on on something else kind of just, I don't know, keeps my mind fresh, and especially if they're all songs going on the same album, it, I feel like it gives it a certain uh, level of cohesion. Anyway, I had that all down. Great. You know, the the main thing, again, with songwriting for me is developing a chorus and then developing a verse that complements the chorus, and the chorus complements the verse, and, you know, it's once you can kind of put those two building blocks together, you really have... You know, if not the entire structure of the song, pretty much close to it, and you're at the the stage where you can just play it back to yourself and uh, and really polish up every every different little area of, of melody and lyric, and just get the whole thing dialed in. So I think it was on a uh, another night, probably you know the next week, when I went back into the space and remembered this this fun uh, melody I'd cooked up from last week, I put together. so really simple you know the song gets complicated enough towards the chorus and the bridge it's in the beginning let's just kind of ease into it got this drifting sort of dreamy floaty quality and uh, it's it's moving along at roughly the the same pace as you know same tempo as what i had before it's 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 in the same vibe and again it just really lent itself to a vocal melody which which is always pretty key for me to have that stuff feeling really just natural and, and organic and just backing up for a little bit you know while i wanted just sort of a, a psychedelic floating dreamy soundscape of a song um you know kind of referencing back to, to songs like pantheon bar I, I wanted there to be you know an emotional narrative to it and <laughs> this this might sound just like really simple but it's it's good to be positive and kind of dwell on, on positive feelings and, and positive things are, that are going on in your life and, and, you know, balance that out with other songs I have where I'm a little more kind of complaining. And, uh, you know, it, it's always good to, to end things off with a with big love song. So that's definitely where that direction firmly went. And uh, there's not a lot of kind of mystery really beyond that to, uh, to where the lyrics are coming from, I would say. But if you, if you read into something more that's there, you know, by, by all means, I, again, it's, it's like a half awake, half asleep kind of song. Um, now I'm also going to mention that little <laughs> do, do, do 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 that's not, um, a real piano. That's not the upright piano that, that I composed that original idea on, but, uh, it's a plucked, piano kind of like halfway between a harpsichord and a dulcimer some kind of quirky uh again software instrument that uh, i had acquired not too long before that and that particular instrument actually appears a lot on this album overall it's it's cool it's it's somewhere in between a piano and a harpsichord both instruments i've uh i've definitely heavily used in plenty of songs before so it's it's cool to have a new kind of element that uh that did did something different anywho um we're going to go on to uh more of the in-depth recording side of things that's always what takes the longest by far and uh you get into arrangement and deciding you know how to make the thing sound really full and uh dynamic and that's kind of where I like to think I shine most so Going back to the analogy of uh, just step A, step B, step C, and just go, 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 and um, making very quick decisions as to as what to do next with the song. I had just those two keyboard parts I've shared with you already. I just I had a uh, a track that was just you know they're each playing the respective parts, but that's all that's going on. There's no singing. There's no bass. There's no kind of rhythm or extra bits i I just had this demo that was these chords played on these two different instruments the toy piano and the kind of the plucky dulcimer piano and uh as soon as i had that and i could sing along to it first thing i i uh, was recording was vocals and that pretty much went for again every song on the album i like to get vocals recorded as quickly as possible because um i feel like that would just really set the tone and structure for anything else i did in the song after and uh, so I went back to this very lovely recording space. Not too, probably was just only a week after finishing um, writing the song, you know, the, the lyrics and everything. I go back on a uh, it's probably a Sunday night, you know, 9 p.m., 9:30 9 p.m. You know, maybe I get a beer and uh, I just I get in the zone and I really try to try to sing to the best of my abilities. It's really where I, I put all my focus and uh, i usually do about these days eight takes eight full vocal takes um per any given song and i really i don't listen back to them very much i i don't try to 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 dwell on them or analyze them too much i I just get a bunch of takes down and then i can always go home and a couple days later if i have a a spare hour at at the computer I, i go through and see which take I like best or more often take the best part of, you know, each give and take and kind of patch it together like that. So, uh, oh, and with a lot of these songs, always double tracking. So I, I never just, well, not never, but I, I like to have more than just one take of me singing going on uh, per spot in the song. Does that make sense? It's double double tracking is, it's like, Two different takes of me singing the same thing. You put them together, you, you just get like a fuller, more kind like of like out-of-this-world quality to the, uh, to the vocal sound. And it's, you know, a favored uh, technique by John Lennon. So there you go. I'll just play a little bit of that for you. Just float down the river of time Don't pay it no mind Wherever it takes us, we'll go so slow, like running in a dream. And you might hear I got a little bit of reverb, got a little bit of uh, delay going on, you know, just tinkering the uh, the the sound of my vocals to uh, just be that much more kind of psychedelic feeling, spacey, 60s, 70s. Um, without going too far either, but uh I you know, with these kind of songs I just I want it to sound full, you know. I want to um get kind of get over the fact that again it's it's just me quietly in a room, you know, diligently putting little sounds together. You know, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Is that the expression? Meh. Whatever. Uh so I had now well, I should call them main vocals. I didn't have all the vocals that would be in the song. Heavens no, no, you got to fit in plenty of harmony. And I knew definitely a song like this, a love song. I wanted to, to give it to Huimin and have her contribute. So it wasn't like the vocals were finished, but the v- main vocal core, I, I had that. And um, I believe on a different night, but again, same, same general, general time. I think this is probably fall. Fall of uh twenty eighteen by this point i uh, I recorded harmony vocals over those uh you know those main vocals, singing along to myself and just filling out the uh the song more harmonically so a little bit of that for you here Just flow down the river of time don't pay it, no mind wherever takes us will go so slow like running in a dream so you know it's not the main melody but it's it locks right on to what the main melody is doing and and just uh complements it and syncs up to it as much as i can really and uh you just if you're good enough at it you can just start to hear both of those tracks together just kind of working as as one entity i like to think of it one other big part of all this vocal tracking was the uh the ooh the beach Boysy kind of section that happens early on in the song um i'll play some of that i i i did have to do a little bit of uh vocal manipulation a little editing a little touch up here and there afterward to really make it sound tight but uh i got pretty close to it All natural. Here's what that sounds like. But uh, great, so where are we at this point? We have just the, the core keyboard tracks down, you know, like just enough to uh, to have the structure of the whole song going, you know, for the five 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 and a half minutes or whatever it is. And we got, um, you know, some vocal takes that I'm pretty happy with. I knew this song was going to have drums. Uh, and my kind of approach at that point, as much as I can, it's like, get drums recorded, do everything to drums. Drums kind of got, gu- really, they guide the ship. And in a perfect world, I, I would have probably recorded the drums first before anything else. But uh, a little, little more background on that. I uh, I got in touch with a wonderful local drummer named Brian Marchese. Brian has been uh, playing drums in a ton of different projects for literally decades. He's He's very seasoned and he has very very close tastes to me. So he was really, I felt a a perfect fit for these songs. And um, what I would do is I'd get together with Brian and show him kind of the song demos and and perform them a little bit for him in person, just enough for him to get a sense of of what was going on and and what parts he might try. Um, But really there wasn't too much of that pre-rehearsal, pre-production. He was a super quick learner. And, um, he would get what I was trying to go for very quickly and, and just really make it his own, which was awesome. Um, and what we would do is, you know, because I'm always on a on a budget, and uh, recording drums gets a lot more complicated than than doing anything else in a studio pretty much. I'd get together with him, and uh, Grant would be the recording man, the engineer guy, and w- we'd do a bunch of songs in bunches, so i'd I'd, I'd wait until I had a full batch. Like a full, you know, session, a full day's worth of uh, of songs for him to just do all the drum takes for and, and just you know really clear out the queue. And um, so that's that's what we did for this song. So I kind of I did, I like you know I got to the point that I've just shown you, and then I really stepped away from it and waited until I could just dive in into getting those uh, those drums down and beautifully recorded. I, I think. Um, Seven different microphones over different parts of the the drum kit in the room, just uh give it a really malleable, effective sound and uh Brian was great that this is a really tricky song in the sense that the drums go in and out, they're not just playing one beat and holding that the whole time, kind of like most songs are. It's like he would start and then I would need him to stop in a certain way and wait a certain length of time and then come in the The arrangement with the drums is. Kind of more ambitious and a little kind of complex with this than i had really tried before in terms of uh involving a drummer to play on a tune um but again he he was able to to, to wrangle it pretty well and um we did not have to do too many takes i did a little bit of mixing different takes together but uh, sizable chunks were just you know just all one go no uh no editing required so here's, here's what raw drums sound like before you do anything else to them to make them sound cooler. And it was also around this part of the song where uh, I was able to set it up so that Brian would gradually fade out you know that rhythm that you just heard and uh I had a drum machine sequence that I had just you know put some old uh, drum machine samples together get a pretty basic rhythm I had that fade in as he was fading out as you kind of transition more and more into the the floaty kind of off-kilter chorus and uh I'll I'll play that drum machine sound for you I'm I was it it was really quick to put together and I I was surprised how close I got it to sound like, um, you know, like Mac DeMarco would have that kind of drum machine vibe going on or definitely a Japanese musician that I've mentioned in the past, uh, Haruomi Hosono, he he would have a, a, a sound like this, I think. Okay. So next on my list, you know, if if we think of uh, making a song like a a manufacturing line, you know, what's the next part of the process? You got drums, you got to put your bass in, you know, if either if that's a synth bass or a uh, guitar bass, whatever, bass guitar. um, You know, you got to get your rhythm section dialed in if there is a rhythm section. So, you know, days after I finally got Brian's, drum tracks and i was super excited about that. Um, Put all the the best takes together. Um, I really enjoy the process of recording bass lines. And I have a bass guitar. I don't really super consider myself a bassist because I mean, I don't really practice really. Honestly, the only time I'm playing a bass is to record bass lines for songs. So it's kind of like, you know, my special window into that world. And uh, I got a, a nice kind of wooly fat bass tone I was happy with, and it couldn't have taken more than just like a, a couple of afternoons, you know, a couple hours here and there, and I uh, I dialed it in. I'll play a little bit of that. Might be a little more fun to hear it with drums, you know, because I'm playing it along to the the drum set the whole time. So that would sound like... Okay, so we are now at the point of song creation that is probably, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick a favorite, I really like producing, and I really like coming up with a bunch of weird sounds and, and throwing them all together and, and trying to make that work. So, I think we're at you know my favorite part, and uh, that's we've got the the solid parts of the song in there. Vocals important, rhythm section super important. You know all the whole the whole structure and everything, the main keyboard tracks. I don't have to make any more of those big decisions. I can kind of go off into wonderland and, and start to get really experimental and know that that all the other structure I need is in place. so i uh I couldn't help myself at this point, and I put a little bit of uh, harpsichord in, you know, just to just to round out the edges. You can never have too much harpsichord in a, in a song like this. And it didn't end up actually getting used a whole lot over the course of the entire song. It it has kind of its section where it comes in and then leaves. And that really was clear to me that was going to be an overall sort of uh, approach or or theme with Running in a Dream. The drums are doing that. They're like they're in it, then they're out, then they might come back later. It's really kind of moment to moment. Um, You know, if you want to get really pretentious, it's kind of like modular Uh, so it was like, the song has lots of little things going on, but a lot of them, like, I think including drums, we're talking, you know, a a count of tracks in maybe the mid (laughs) forties, you know, just from, from top to bottom. If I go through all the different parts of the song going on, it's yeah, it's like 45, you know, I, I just, I have to go moment to moment or, or else you you just get overwhelmed and, and forget what's doing what, but so this was all, the The way I was kind of working at this point was I was just going to go ham and, and have these multi-hour sessions. Um, th- this was almost a whole year after I'd started the song. I, I felt like I was finally in a place, you know, settled other songs that that had been um, closer to finished. I was really just ready to get in the zone. Um, you know, I had more spare spare time on my hands in that particular time of the year. I just I dug in and I was like I'm gonna finish it in a week. Whatever comes out comes out, and I know that I'm just gonna really immerse myself. So yeah, there was harpsichord, but probably this same afternoon session, you know, just me and headphones. I I put on a lot more. Um, there's synth stuff going on here. There's like orchestral stuff. Uh, where where do we what do we want to show you next? I'll I'll show you one other um, piano track that's going on. Um, and what you'll notice about this is there's a really kind of cool, very quick delay. Uh, I call it slapback delay effect going on, which, again, I think is pretty Beatlesy. y um, And the piano's doing a few different things, like... Yeah, that's some echo that I put on that uh, second verse uh, breakdown there. All right, we're really getting into it now. I got a lot more uh, little sound snippets queued up here for you to check out. Um, Much like a lot of uh, my other songs, it's kind of conceptually like one foot in this orchestral-sounding world and then the other in this sort of like vintage synth um, kind of space. So I'm going to take you through some of the quote-unquote orchestral elements going on. Um, I, of course, have strings and... uh, you know, just like a, a swell of like a, a group of violins and violas, you know, an, an ensemble feel. And that sound really did a lot to uh, to fill out the verses, you know, where things are still a little slower, we're still kind of creeping in and, and uh, feeling things out in, in terms of uh, how the song's going to go. So along with those string, uh, string chords, I have a cello. You know, I love cello. Anytime I can, I can fit a cello line in a song, I'm going for it. So I whipped out one of my handy dandy uh, software instrument cellos and I got So, I'm going through and really my approach is any given moment of the song if I just get some sort of spark of an idea that comes to me like, oh, this sort of sound doing this little thing in here, I just pull it up on the computer, start playing around, start improvising on my keyboard and, you know, things just start sticking. I kind of throw, you know, throw a bunch of ideas at the wall and and build up everything from there. So, You know, what can I tell you? I was just feeling uh, some clarinet. I wanted a clarinet vibe in certain key moments of the song. So I came up with... uh... It's kind of really weird to hear it out of context. But it's what it's doing in the song. Kind of uh, in all mo- or most of the same parts as a clarinet, I wanted a flute sound. I realized at this point I was kind of taking it a little bit in almost like an East Asian sort of feel. I mean, I don't know if that actually tracks with anything or, if you know, if that makes any actual sense. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm someone who uh, lived in Japan for a long time, studied Japanese, got into the, the culture and everything and uh you know certain electronic music over there you know even like contemporary music it, it can have a certain kind of tonal quality that to me just sounds japanese or you know east asian it just it kind of has that mark on it i mean maybe just the uh the influx of anime music <laughs> uh helps you know build up that that uh, perception so with the flute i realized i was taking it in that sort of direction and For me, an artist that that often comes up is Susumu Hirasawa, and he did uh, soundtracks for anime movies like Paprika and Millennium Actress. Anyway, maybe keep that in mind while I, I play some of this. Like, you kind of feel like this could be playing at a, I don't know, a spa, a, a massage parlor. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, I was really liking how that was playing off of the clarinet and, and taking things into this sort of neo-classical, you know, weird electronic realm. Probably the most anime soundtrack-inspired component of this is, uh, is what came next, which is this uh, pizzicato string part, you know, the kind of, like, plucked violin part that uh, that comes in after the first chorus, and that is. And I, I really liked where that was sitting. That kind of plays on top of, like, a slow kind of drone that's going on, um, some synths. Software synthesizers. I think it was. Uh, they're called Blue, and they're just some pretty good, malleable, like uh, you know, analog emulation uh, synthesizers. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the drone that's going on. This is a little long, but I'm just gonna let it play out. You know, it's, I think in the school, it's cool. It's kind of like cinematic. And uh, shout out to Boards of Canada, one of my favorite electronic groups out there. I, I was really, by that little stuff at the end, I was really trying to mimic the like half awake, like broken analog synth uh, aesthetic that they do. Anyway, um, we're, we're getting uh, closer to uh, to the finish here. There was definitely a lot more synthesizer stuff happening. I'm just uh, deciding what to show you now. Um, we had, uh, by the time I was putting in these keyboard parts, Wayman and I had just come back from a lovely visit to Japan. The first time I, I had been back there in almost five years. I saw a lot of my old friends, um, spent some time in Kyoto doing that. But, uh, we were also in Tokyo f- just for a few days. And, uh, we went to a place called Sanryo Purolando, something like that. Like it's like the Hello Kitty theme park, um, but Sanrio doesn't just have Hello Kitty; they have some other characters and mascots. We were all, we were there for, in my mind, Gudetama. Look up uh, Gudetama if you get a chance. He's he's really funny. He's like a depressed egg. <laughs> um, and it was, it was as you can imagine. It's it's a weird Japanese theme park in Tokyo. It's very fantastical. Um, they play you know weird little little synth background music. Um, it's just very very fantastical, and I think. That was kind of in the back of my mind as I was uh, working on this synth part in particular. It's like a slowed down version of like a Mario Kart opening menu or something like that. I, don't know. I, I just stumbled across it. I thought it'd be very cool to have something like that going on in one of the, uh, the many buildups in this tune. All right, where does that put us now? Um, you know, th- this is getting a little long. I'm not going to get to everything, but let's uh, let's get in the last of the essentials. I had this wonderful new um, harp emulator instrument uh, that I had acquired. And um, again, put that slapback delay on it. It really poked out nicely at some certain uh, key moments. I'll, I'll play some of that. A lot of moments in the song at this point we having these kind of washy, you know, notes echoing and, and building up in intensity. I mean, it just like the, these buildups where it's kind of all the instruments are going a fluster. And a lot of that I accomplished by by having a very strong like echo effect going on. So I'll just I'll play you a bunch of uh, kind of synth and uh, like electric piano sounds that that had that. It might be cool to hear those in isolation. So, like I said, I I just had this wonderful, concentrated, focused couple of sessions. Shortly after we got back from our, our Japan trip in the summer, um, I really was just in the zone and 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 recording a lot in in one day. And I was doing this with a couple of other songs at this time as well, like "Marching On." But, um, I, so this was all congealing very nicely. I was very excited. But I realized I was gonna have to get a little bit more. And by that, surely I mean the guitar. Um, the bridge of the song, which really deviates from the feel of the, the rest of it, I think. It's this kind of compact section near the end. It gets very uh, harmonically complicated. I, I needed some electric guitar, I, I needed some punch there. And uh, I do not play electric guitar. That is always, uh, something that, uh, I get by with a little help from my friends and, uh, standing uh, Niagara moon contributor, Killian Carlson. Uh, Killian is a fantastic player like Brian. He's just really quick on his feet, super quick learner. We have a lot of the same tastes, a lot of the same touchstones. So it's, it's really easy for us to communicate and, uh, we got in there same studio space is where I work with Brian, same place where I track my own vocals. Uh, you know, it just took a night to have us both go in there, and um, I recorded him again, just playing for the bridge. It's it's only like I think thirty seconds worth worth of space, um, and it was uh, we were kind of puzzled at first because there were like a couple different directions that I was considering with how to play the guitar part there is like a kind of a punchy like chunk, junk 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 like a kind of uh chunking rhythm i i like i think of it as like cat scratch cat scratch guitar um the talking heads uh guitarist chris france maybe that's his name uh he he plays a lot of cat scratch guitar maybe he came up with that term but there was that feel and then there was like a an arpeggiating sort of like abbey road-esque um, vibe that I was considering. And what ended up happening was we just recorded both and I just used both. I put them on top of each other cause go big or go home. So here's uh, here's what Killian laid down. All right, we're nearly at the end of this uh, song creation process and at the end of this uh, little podcast episode. Like a lot of other songs on this album, Fuzzy Thinking, the very last thing I tracked was Huaymine's uh, Beautiful Harmony vocals. And uh, the reason why she kind of came in last uh, for a lot of these different tunes was um, just her availability she was in grad school for a whole year, and um, you know, like had had placements in um, in a classroom. You know, she was training to become a teacher. As you can imagine, she was pretty darn busy. But uh, at long last, her, her program ended, and um, we were able to to get the lion's share of these of these songs uh, recorded and done. You know, and uh, she's she's more talented vocalist than me, so there wasn't nearly as much uh, treatment. I. That I had to do afterward, or or picking from different uh, takes and what have you, but um, again, I I would take her up to the studio space. We go, you know, on the later side on on a like Sunday night or something, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> it's funny when you know someone a lot better and then uh, you're you're working with them in this kind of like uh, time sensitive, the time sensitive, creative process. You know, I hold myself back a little bit and try not to be too stern, too demanding, because I I know she uh, she has the talent. And it's just a matter of uh, giving her enough time to get used to the song. So we we, we have some uh, we had some amusing back and forths. Uh, it, it was funny. We were, we were ribbing each other pretty good, um, but uh, no, it, it was lovely. It really was. I'm gonna I'm gonna play uh, some of her her singing here. We'll go so slow, like in and, and then that long Beach Boys-esque uh, ooh vocal section, she handled she handled that beautifully. So, I'm I'm wiped out from going over all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, getting Huey vocals in, like I said, she did a lovely job. I was pretty much the capper for the whole song. You know, start to finish, it was over a year. But, uh, you know, just a little bit here and there. I I wouldn't um, get too frustrated dwelling on on any one thing for too long. But uh, all that said... I hope you guys really like the song. It's definitely the most ambitious from the album. Um, I thought a, uh, a worthy capper, a good end, you know, end on a positive note, uh, message of love, you know, bounce out some of the more uh, cynical moments on the album. And, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please reach out anytime. Let me know your your thoughts, comments. I love hearing from you. And uh, feel lucky to be uh, sharing this stuff with you today i forget the world outside me my heart goes out to those without the change